0: I've been told by everybody up on this roof that they're all off the roof. I am on the roof of exposure floor. Got fire through the roof of the fire building the entire rear
1: section. Now remember, given the payday, as you the been accounted for, okay? 610V, now was the name day. 610V. I'm not uh, here, we got a fire. One and a half story, single family dwelling. Fire shown from the second floor, give me a second alarm on this. I'm to the
0: top floor, I got people hanging out the top floor windows with a baby.
1: Commercial building, uh, a lot of fire, a lot of smoke.
0: Go ahead and strike a third alarm on my orders on this. Got people on the front fire escape windows below them. We need somebody up there. Yeah, let them know we got a job. I'm pulling up now.
1: Second alarm, I got a one story single family frame, heavy fire showing from the attic. So we're using all hands. We got one line stretch, fire on the fourth
0: floor, second line being stretched, primary stretches are underway.
1: Hey, thank you for joining us for another episode of Old School. I'm Chief Rick Lassie, along with my good buddy, Chief John Salka. And, uh, John, We today again, a uh, couple guys in class came up and told us how much they're enjoying uh, the podcast. And it's always fun telling them while well, we just kind of roll with the flow and pick a topic. And um, uh, I know you get hit all the time with folks that are like, when are you going to do another one? What's the next topic? and Or whatever. And uh, we've been getting some great feedback on them. Yep. Yeah, we, never,
0: we never do know really what the next topic is going to be. <laughs> We, we pretty much wing it. And wing it sort of sounds like you don't give a shit because we really do We really do care about what we talk about and we really do put some thought into it. Sometimes just not a lot of thought. Sometimes we just get together and say, you know what, let, we got time tonight. Let, let's grab one, let's do one. You know, obviously we don't live near each other, anywhere near each other, but we do get together, you know, once or twice a month or every other month sometimes and, you know, traveling around doing, doing our seminars and doing our training. So once in a while in a hotel, we're like, you know what, dinner was early tonight. Let's get back and let, let's bang one or two out if we can. And we would know about how long they're going to be. It's not, what do you want to do tonight about this or about that? But sometimes, sometimes like, like this episode, something happens, something happens in our lives. Something happens in the world that we want to talk about. <clears throat> well, and, and, and you're right. I mean, you know,
1: quite often it's like, Hey, let's talk about tactics. Let's talk about, I remember the one time I go, what are you talk about, John? You go, uh, how about the K tool? So and 35 minutes later, we're done talking about the right, K tool, right. but like you said, every now and then, uh, you and I end up, end up talking during class, like here we are in uh, Newport, Rhode Island with great people, great, another great fire department, Mimi from CSU, another great company, Austin Academy, and, and then we start talking in class about mentors and people who have impacted the fire service. And and we hit on Chief Alan Brunacini and, and Chief Tom Brennan, talk about Jack McCassin and, and Tommy Shravino. And. Golly, so many incredible people. Tom
0: Kennedy and and Leo Stapleton and Pete Lund. I mean, it goes on and on and on and on.
1: Oh, on and on and on. And then, you know, I always ask you to tell, I've asked you to tell this story. Actually, we've talked about the gentleman that we're going to talk about here uh, at this particular show. I I can't tell how many times I brought him up in classes. I know I lead you all the time.
0: Many times. When we
1: talk driver operators, the, the chauffeur, right? We talk hydrants. We talk knowing your district. We know knowing the job, being into the job, Training and all that. The and every time we talk, and I lead you down that path, I say, John, tell the story about, and you, 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 you bring up who's Will, Willie Tracy. Oh my Willie God, Tracy.
0: and Willie just actually just passed away. My God, unexpectedly, unexpectedly, suddenly, uh, William Tracy, Willie Tracy passed away about two weeks ago. Uh, 63 years old, born 1958, same year I was born. Um, well, yeah, let me let me ask you because before we
1: get to some of the things we talk about in class, talk about Willie. When when did you first meet him, and then your work working relationship in in the FTNY? Uh, Willie was a, a chauffeur. Well, he was you know, he's a firefighter, right. And yeah. became a chauffeur. But
0: explain that whole process, and then how you met Willie. Right. So of course I met him when I became the captain of 48 engine. I, I had never, yeah, I, I knew a couple of guys there. Mike Wilber was actually my connection to 48 and 56. In the Bronx. In the Bronx. And my, Mike Wilber was, a, was actually a, a truck chauffeur in, in 56 truck. And uh, so that's how I got to know of the place. And then, of course, when I made captain, I went up to the Bronx, meaning I, I chose that division as a place for me to cover around and fill in spots and, and eventually look for a home. And I did. And then 48 Engine was open, I believe, when I got there. I don't think I worked very many shifts and all of a sudden I was there UFO until further orders, meaning you, you're there and, and you, got the spot basically not on paper, not officially, but nobody else is looking for it. We need somebody to be there, take the spot and, and, and try it out and see how you like it. And of course, I loved it. It was a busy place. There over who, 6, who was there right hand.
1: then? Who was, do you remember who was there? Uh, Firefighter wise. In, in, in oh in yeah, a-
0: yeah. Yeah. There was, there, there was a lot of great, there was a lot of great guys there, both in the engine and the truck. I've, I've mentioned uh, D- Dominic, before, obviously, Willie was there. He was one of the senior chauffeurs. Uh, Danny Vito was one of the guys that was on the roster, but he wasn't around. He was on light duty or coming back from an injury. He was one of the older guys and a regular chauffeur that eventually when he came back. After I said, who the hell is this guy, Vito? You know, and eventually I met him. He's a great, <laughs> great, great, great guy. Um, and a whole host of other guys. Andy, like, yeah, Andy Fredericks was there. <laughs> yeah, my, my my friend, good friend, Billy McGinn, who was with me in squad one, who was with me in 11 truck. Now, Billy was with me again. In, uh, in one 48. of your instructors at fdic for our safety survivor program Billy. yes yes and we lost Billy <clears throat> lost Billy on 9-11 along with Andy they both left 48 eventually actually around the same time when I left I got promoted to battalion chief and I left and then and then they both left when they created the new squad for 18 and, squad right for a eight, squad 18 down in down in downtown Manhattan. So so I had all these I had all these wonderful great guys there and it was a great run at firehouse. It was a tough shop it was you know over the years, they've said it, and it was true. It was one of the toughest kitchens in the job, one of the toughest places to just exist every day. The guy—it was a—it t- was a tough, rough, and tumble place. You got no—you got no thanks for nothing. You there, nobody you gave came you anything su- for nothing.
1: If you came in super sensitive, you know, if you came in, you <laughs> picked the wrong place. That's
0: right. <laughs> and you know, there's people now nowadays in the modern fire service, in the modern world, in the modern culture, saying, "Oh, you should never be uncomfortable anyway. You should do this. You should do that." And, and, and listen, I fully agree. You know, the fire service is different now than it was back then. But, but we're looking 30, 35 something years ago. It was a long time ago. And it was full of good firemen. That was, you know, of course, we called them firemen back then. Good guys on a job. They could put a fire out anywhere, that group. It was tough. And, and like lots of places in the Bronx and in the FDNY, a lot of guys went from the engine to the truck. So there was a lot of A lot of senior guys, back then they were just mainstream guys, guys that were there three, four, five, six years, not senior yet. But they were all guys that used to be in the engine. So the engine would get the probies, guys would stay a couple of years, "Ah, I'm going to go to the truck. And I I did it myself, you know. Um, So a lot of guys were there for a really long time. Three or four years of engine in the truck, or in the engine, and then they would transfer to the truck. You know, so then 10 years later, they get 15, 18 years, and they've been in both companies, you know. There was always a good working relationship, but always a little – Always a little competition, like any good firehouse. I think anywhere, not just in the FDMY. And Willie, when I got there, Willie was a chauffeur. Willie was already one of the guys. I don't want to call him a senior man yet, but he was one of the guys with time on a job that was, as we say, screwed for, into the front for seat. For the engine. Chauffeur Seed, for the engine. A seated chauffeur. They, we, they use that term in a job. A seated chauffeur. At least we used to. Meaning, he's the regular chauffeur. Every time he comes to work, he gets in there. Unlike most fire departments around the country, or let's say lots of them, an FDNY chauffeur is not a rank. It's not, it's not an official position. Now, you do get a little bit of money because the union managed to get that years ago. And they have a nice little stipend. If you, if you work, you get the code for chauffeur, And if you're a regular guy and have the seat, quote unquote, every shift you work, you get the seat. Every shift for the whole year. And, and, it, and it adds up to thousands of dollars. So you end up getting a, a pretty decent raise. Not a decent raise, but a very nice one. And, and Willie was one of those guys. Willie was one of the guys in the front seat. He was a cigar smoker. Always had a cigar, or often, let's say, and uh, but it wasn't an old guy. He wasn't an old timer. He was he was a good young guy, full full of spirit. Full. Of, I understand he was a great firefighter on the nozzle. He was you a know, great saw, guy on the
1: line. When he passed, obviously there was a lot of pictures posted of him, and I saw some pretty kick ass pictures of him on some lines at some big fires. Yes. I mean,
0: yes. not like we got a room in contents. I'm talking big jobs. He had a very good reputation. Uh, as, as a, as a great firefighter, a great engine firefighter, Willie Tracy had no interest, no interest in being in the truck or working in the truck. He was an engine firefighter. He was, he was sort of like Mr. Engine 48. That was long before I got there. I just, I just jumped in there for a quick spell as a, as an officer, you know, stayed a couple of years as the captain and, you know, moved on, studying for for chief and made it and moved on. Somebody came after me, but, uh, but he was there for the long haul. Well, he was there for the long haul. Now, now recently, as I just said, uh, at his wake, I went to his wake over in Westchester County, you know, about 40 minutes from where I live. And God, it was tough seeing him. He's, he's still so young. I mean, he's my age. He's me, you know. And uh, and then fun. I find out from a couple other guys that are there. I was sitting there in the back room. They were, they were doing out of guard. So there was five or six or eight guys around with uniforms on, taking turns, going up there, standing on both sides of the casket. And uh, I find out he came from, I believe it's 302 engine which is where a couple of the other knuckleheads came from, <laughs> from 48 and 56 too, including Phil Paley and, and another guy who came from that same outfit down there in, in Brooklyn. They were looking to go somewhere. I guess a couple of them got together and said, hey, look at that place. Let's go there. You know, And they picked it and they all came over. That was news to me. That was news to me. I was on a job 30, over 30 years and I'm retired 10. And, and Willie was one of my favorite guys in 48. And I didn't know that he came from somewhere else. Not a big deal, but but it, an interesting fact. And, uh, you know, because he was looking for more work. That, yeah. I think that 302 place you, wasn't, and, wasn't terrifically busy, and, you know. And you guys got just a wee bit of work in 48 engines. Oh, just a wee bit. <laughs> just and, and Willie and Willie was there before I was. He was there when it was even busier. He so, was there when the work ratio was even higher. So let um, me set
1: this up a little bit here. We're talking back then, if I remember you telling me right, well over 6,000 runs a year. I know, I know you guys were doing jobs
0: sometimes all day long, you know and you know, just absolutely. a busy place <clears throat> absolutely a busy place busy with everything busy with rubbish fires busy with with gas leaks busy with fires busy with second do busy with third do busy with you know a couple automatic alarms car fires cars onto the railroad tracks crashes you know medical calls kid in a box hit by a car you know we were just running around like i remember mike will telling me a story one time and, and, and you know i'm sure it happened to to, to Willie and a lot of other guys like Mike Wilber said he came into work one night for a night tour we, we, we do days and nights in the FDNY uh even when we hook our tours together day and night together to work at 24 a lot of times it starts in the evening so you come in for a 6 p.m start and, and Mike Wilber said he came in a couple of times early like 4 30 quarter to 5 and just as he's walking through the door beep boop a run's coming in you know for the truck Mike was in the truck at the time and he'd see a guy and the guy would say Mike Grab this for me. I got to get going. Okay. And he grabbed his gear and he jumped on the rig. He was a firefighter at the time he was on the chauffeur. And he said he would jump on a rig and out the door, they would go at 4.45 PM in the afternoon, an hour and 15 minutes before the <laughs> six o'clock shift. And they'd come back to quarters at 7.45 PM. And they weren't at a job. They were at a car fire, a, a, another car fire, a food on the stove, two two EMS runs I mean that quote unquote EMS, we didn't do an EMS back then, but you get called the kids hit by cars and falling off bikes and, and he'd do 12 runs between 4.45 and, and 7.45, you know, and they would come back hours later, just from a run and a second run and a third run and a fourth run. And sometimes you pull up to the front of quarters, getting ready to back in, drive away, yeah, run, you, you know, and, and Willie was there. Willie he was there for all of that. And he was, well, and he was one of the, and one of the rising stars. So,
1: one of the all-stars for sure. Cause you know, I've stolen that story from you, a couple of stories. When I'm when I'm not teaching with you, just to emphasize the importance, the role of the driver operator. you and I just did a show not too long ago, and we've mentioned Willie Tracy several times in his podcast, several times our fire engineering, the command post podcast. Oh my God, in class all the time. Every company officer academy that we and, teach around the country, that's we talk it. about him. And, and 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 for a solid reason. Because right? he's the officer's dream. Oh, so. All right, there you go. You just did it for me. Why was he the offer? Captain Salka, you know, I've met, I've met a ton of your guys. They loved working for you. I know you go, yeah, you know, nah, not they, all of them. Not uh, all of them. Uh, there was a bunch of them I met <laughs> that love working for you. Tell me, how does somebody get to be the officer's dream for Captain Salka at 48 Engine? I mean, what does that take? I mean,
0: first of all, it has nothing to do with Captain Salka. That's my opinion. And, 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 and it's true. Willie Will was, you know, the captain's dream, the but, officer's dream. But, but I saw, but people, he was that
1: before I got there. I saw people commenting on the Facebook feed after his passing. Oh my God, what a great joker. What this? Uh, you couldn't ask for a better guy. Mr. So
0: 48 Engine. He was an officer's dream. So go ahead. And he go. was, because you know what? He took care of everything. This is old news. This, there's no groundbreaking news here. This is old news because he took care of business all the time. He was always, he was always in early. He was always fiddle, faddle, and tinkering around with the rig. Always. You couldn't find him sitting in a chair watching TV. You couldn't find him sitting somewhere drinking a cup of coffee, relaxing. I don't know if I ever saw him anywhere, but on the apparatus floor or maybe in the kitchen for dinner, always out there, always out there adjusting something, fixing something, taping something, painting something. He was always working on the rig. I don't know how we did it. I love And I love telling the story. Right. So I say, you know, doing, doing a lot of runs like we were doing. Eventually they built me a little fold down bunk in the first floor. Office. Up, so you'd have to go upstairs. Right. But, <laughs> but, 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 let me, but let me go back to the upstairs day. So, so I'm laying upstairs. I walk upstairs, the truck officer and the engine officer actually had, there was the same bunk room upstairs. The bunks were like Ozzy and Harriet with a little nightstand in between, you know? And when I got there, I was like, This is a little odd, me laying in a bed and then a table between us, then the other guy laying in a bed next to me, engine officer, truck (laughs) officer. And it was a pretty decent room. And on the other side of the room, they had all the lockers set up in like a square, and you could step, and one of them was missing. So you step in there, and you were in the middle of all the lockers. Let's change this. So we did. We changed the lockers, and we changed changed the lockers so they faced in two different directions. And I put one bed on one side, one bed on the other side, because I was the captain of the engine. I was, you know, I could sort of do that. And uh, and it worked and it worked out really good. So let's jump back to the bunk room. So now there I am. We're doing you know six thousand plus runs a year. I didn't get undressed. I always had my button-down shirt on. Always had my collar pins on. Always had my belt and my keys hanging off and my trousers and my black socks. I never wore white socks in my life. I still haven't. And I might kick my shoes off because there was no getting undressed there. You were just going out again and again and again and again. <clears throat> so I'd take my shoes off, lay on top of the on top of that, tuck under the blankets. An hour later, 15 minutes later, 20, beep, boop, run comes in. Step up, slip into my shoes. I always had to slip-in nap shoes. They were like welder's shoes. Slip into them shoes, out the door, into the hallway, boom. The pole hole's right across the hall. Jump on that pole, slide to the apparatus floor, black. No lights on yet, even. The (laughs) the house watcher was still just arising from his comfortable position, right? Of course, there was enough lights on the apparatus floor at night, even to see where you're going. I would zoom right over to to the, you know, chief's car was right there next to the house watch, deputies. And then was the engine. Truck was on the far wall. I'd go right over to the engine, zip over to my side, grab the door, grab the door handle, open it up, boom, the rig starts when I pull the door open. wasn't wasn't mechanically able to start. You almost
1: thought that you were It was almost like back. I opened
0: a door and it had a switch on it. No. No, it was Willie. It was Willie. And this isn't once. It wasn't twice. It was every time. He's sitting in the seat. I swing the door open. I'm still rubbing the sleep out of my eyes. And I look in. There's Willie in the driver's seat, in the chauffeur seat, hands on the steering wheel, cigar in his mouth, lit with smoke coming off of it, saying to me, let's go, Cap, we'll first do. I don't know how he got there. I know he wasn't sleeping in the seat. I don't know how he got there. That's just one story about Willie. He was always the first guy in a rig, start the rig up. And I wasn't a real hard nose, but one guy missed one run when I was there for the years I was there. One guy missed one run. I don't need to say his name. When Willie was there and started the rig, and I got on a rig, obviously we're not going to drive out without anybody, but the guys there knew, and it was one of the things you tell the probies when I got there, hey. We turn out quick here. If you're not on the rig, when a captain and the chauffeur are ready to go, a guy and other guy, you're going to miss the run. And Willie was always on there ahead of me. Before we get to like
1: hydrants, as a driver operator, as a chauffeur, we've talked about how important this is to know your rig backwards and forwards, to know why the water hits an impeller a certain way, everything about that rig. That's one thing. What about his knowledge of that borough of the, of 48 engines still, I mean, his knowledge of the
0: streets, buildings, e- e- everything about was, was incredible. Another, another great thing. So I'd be jumping on a rig day, night, whatever it was, he'd be in there, you know, and, and, and he didn't have to really prod me. Let's go cap. But, but he was always looking at me like, let's go. I was never on a rig ahead of him. I can tell you that. Right. So I'm, I'm climbing on a rig. He's like, okay, yeah. With, with third do or second do or with third do, whatever it was, you know, cause you are first, second, third do sometimes even fourth do for some far distant boxes, like the VA, the VA hospital, veterans mm-hmm. hospital, we'd be like four through there. We know we we're going to do anything unless A plane crashed into it or something, but you still went, you were still four through and we still went to park at one of the hydrants right outside the main gate in case we had a layer line in or something like that. But, but he'd be telling me, he'd be saying, uh, cap we're, uh, we're, we're third due up there. And there's uh and there's a hydrant out of service on that block. And I'm saying, the hell is he talking about? How does he know that? This is not your first two. This still is not it. my first two. This is not my second due. <laughs> this is my third due area. And he's telling me while we're still sitting in the firehouse that there's a hydrogen out of service on that block. Like, like he passed it yesterday. And maybe he did. Maybe he passed it on the way to work. Maybe he passed it on a run on his last 24. Maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe his brother works there. I don't know. But he knew that there was a hydrant out of service on the block that we were going to, that we were third due at, which means we might go there, you know, five times. Did he know the, the, the bil- I mean, he could tell you buildings right address, say, Oh, it's building. Oh, oh hey, Cap, that's the project right next to the auto parts store. Oh, or that is the auto parts store. Let's go to the auto parts store. I can pick up. I can pick up the stuff I ordered. You know, I got, I got one for you. Okay, I've heard you tell this story, and
1: it kind of along the same lines here about using the deck gun and all that
0: stuff. Oh, that's a great story. About you pull it up and go. <laughs> oh, this is a great story. Stop, so those of you that are officers, you know, <laughs> now you don't even know Willie Tracy, but but you don't have to imagine your show for something. But this is a Willie Tracy story. It's great. So we're driving, we're going somewhere, we're we're taking a box in somewhere. And now we're getting reports, it's a job, uh, numerous calls, you're going to work, blah, 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 Three, three, two. squad and rescue coming in, 10-4, 48 engine, uh, Order battalion, whoever they were calling, it doesn't matter. And uh, now we're rolling up, and now it is a job. We're the first two engine, and as we're rolling up, if I remember, it was one of the the streets right near corners, 189 or, or something like that, and it was a little bit of an uphill. We were going uphill, just a slight rise going up. And the fire was on my side of the street. It was a one-way street, as a matter of fact. Fire was on my side of the street. And as we're rolling up, it's a frame. It's a frame-like house, two-and-a-half-story house, nestled between, like, a six-story tenement on the right-hand side and maybe a two-story frame building on the left-hand side. And as we're rolling up, this thing is roaring. It's roaring. And as we're rolling up, I'm thinking deck pipe. Let's use a deck pipe right away. We We can hit the window frames that are burning, starting to burn on the tenement. And we can hit the frame building next door. Keep it in one building. Yeah, we're going to stretch a line too. But but let's. You a know. quick, a quick little knack. Exactly. Get, a little exactly. Get. So I'm, so as we're rolling up, I'm thinking, oh, okay, Willie, stop right here, stop, stop, stop. And he keeps rolling. <laughs> Willie, Willie, stop right here. He keeps rolling. I look at him. I said, Willie, stop. And he's just looking at me. He's looking past me, actually. He's looking past me. He's looking at me, but he's looking out my window. And he's and he's got the cigar smoke coming up. And he stops. Okay, we're good. And psh, hits the brake. Off the rig, I get with the line, you know, pull a line. My guy starts pulling the line, and all of a sudden I hear, I hear, I hear the motor revving up, and sure enough, what is he doing? He's He's got the deck pipe going. I was thinking deck pipe, <coughs> but he saw that there was a truck parked right next to us. I was paying no attention to the truck because I was looking at the fire. Thinking, you were thinking, let's stop, fire, let's stop, let's fire, stop, deck stretch the line. Let's stretch the line. And he's worried about, hey, Cap, later on, he t- I said, Willie, what was that about? He said, Cap. I wouldn't have been able to use a deck pipe if I would have stopped where you said stop. We could have stopped anywhere along the whole front of that building and you and, and the line, the line would came off fine. Right. But where I finally stopped, the deck pipe was past the truck. And now I could hop up there, swing it to the right, use it on the building, knock a lot of fire down on the exposure. And you guys still could stretch your line. You didn't even know what was going on. When you were telling me to stop, the deck pipe was right next to a box truck, a box truck on the right-hand curb. And the stream would have had to go over the box truck. We would have never seen it. So as, while I'm yelling, I'm raising my voice. Stop, stop, stop. He was shaking his head. Okay, Cap. Okay, Cap. And then he stopped when he damn well felt like it, because now he knew he was in the right spot. He, and he did me a favor. He did everybody so, a favor. so you're talking about a guy that was into the
1: job, showed up, made the rig before anybody else, knew the rig backwards and forwards, knew the streets, knew the buildings, knew tactics and strategy, knew what to do. You know, you said the officer's dream as, as a chauffeur, as a driver. So... One of the stories I always ask for you to share, you know where I'm going with this, it's the whole hydrant thing. Right. You know, I, I remember when you came to Louisville, you know, when I first got there and you taught, when you left, our, some of our drivers were embarrassed because they, they'd go on OMAC fire alarm. They got if there's no smoke, they're like, well, we're here, it's my right. fire, we're leaving. Right. After you left, they're out there flushing hydrants, doing stuff, EMS calls. And all of a sudden, we're like, the water department's wearing a socket. What are you doing? Your bus? Like, well, we're fine. These hydrants, we, they, they didn't just break. We just right, missed them. Right. And now all of a sudden, the guys were checking them because water is everything. Water is everything to, an to engine, us. To, to an, engine. an engine. Water is everything. I right. mean, let, let's get real about that. And then you left. And then so we talk about this in class. And you mentioned it before about, yeah, there's a hydrant not good and all that. That story actually. So so you're, you're going somewhere. He's checking. I mean.
0: Let we, me give you the whole thing. Okay. Let me give you the whole thing. So, so here he is. He's the chauffeur. The, the rig is his. The rig is his. You know, castle, right? He he knows everything about that rig. Where everything is. Willie was the guy that put an old paint can. I might have been even a plastic. can. I like that, by the but an old it's, paint can like full that. of grease with, with a little paintbrush in it. I like that. The rig is his castle. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. Oh, it it was it was his castle, and and he had that can with some grease in it and and a thick grease, heavy grease, and he would have a little paintbrush stuck in there too. You could, it didn't even have to have a top on it. It wouldn't spill. It wasn't liquidy. It was like paste. Right. And anytime we checked the hydrant anytime he, he checked the hydrant anytime we used the hydrant he would never put the caps back on until he ran that grease around the threads and typed that like he was a he was a one-man hydrant maintenance unit you don't Flash flush it for the whole area flush sure. it or use it make sure it was make sure that the drain was working you have to look in with a flashlight and make sure that the that the water was going down the drain is way down under the sidewalk somewhere right and if it was good he'd let it drain let it drain let it drain you don't want to put the caps on too tight too early because actually that could cause suction and, it, and the water would stop draining because if you put the two caps on tight and it's a good seal, the water would stop draining, hey, right? Good, so good he point. would let it drain way down. Good first. point for some of our newer driver operators. Absolutely. Don't put the caps on too Absolutely. Soon. So that's just the grease thing. But but here's, here's the test on the hydrants thing. So obviously, like I've said in class, and anybody who works for the FDMY knows this, and I would hope that there's some other fire departments that do something similar, but we did semi-annual semi hydrant inspection. Twice a year, every, every hydrant was turned on. I mean- I think I said today there was a million hydrants. I don't know how many hydrants there are. There, there are so many hydrants, it's, it's, it's like there's a number. I don't know what it is, but it's 100,000 or 10,000. It could be 50 it's million ridiculous. with as many as you have. <laughs> Every hydrant in New York City is tested twice a year by the companies, by the field companies. That both engines and trucks. Even trucks have hydrant, hydrant districts, hydrant inspection districts. and They have a map with each picture, an overhead map with the hydrants identified, with the numbers next to them, and you go out and check them off, check them off, check them off. You know, you also would check them off as you went through them. Guys just walking down a block, checking, 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 checking. You get a whole two or three or four blocks done sometimes in in an hour or two. And if they found a defect, then that would get written down and that that would get submitted by the officer. Nowadays, I'm sure it's all computer-based. Back then it was a form that you'd fill out and mail in. You're not mailing, but, you know, drop in. And, and DEP, Department of Water Supply, would fix the hydrants and then send a message back that hydrant fixed. We'd go out again and check it to make sure it was. The bottom line is that that's the semi-annual hydrant inspection. But, and, of course, we did that just like everybody else. But every run we went on, and, I would, and, I, and I'd like to think 60 engine and, and, and 71 engine and, and 28 engine, all over the job, 69 engine, all the great companies and not-so-great companies, everybody's supposed to be checking hydrants on every run. But Willie took it, Willie took it to the next level. Not only did he check a hydrant on everyone, I mean we could be at a gas lake, he checked the hydrant. We could be at order of smoke, obviously, he's gonna check the hydrant. We we'd be in gear at the standing at the back step waiting to stretch a line, right? We go to medical calls. Well, I was the captain of 48 engines when the FDMY adopted and officially became CFRD, certified right. first responder with a defibrillator It was the official and EMS actually became a bureau in the fire department. EMS used to be a separate agency, Giuliani was the mayor. He took the housing police and the transit police, disbanded them, threw the patches away, the badges away, no more chief, and made them all a agency, all part of the NYPD. And he did the same thing with the, with the fire department and the EMS. He took EMS, ambulances that, that said NYC EMS, green uniforms or a large patch, <clears throat> threw it all away. He made EMS, he disassembled that agency and made it a bureau of the FDNY. So now we're going on EMS runs. Willie didn't care what kind of run you were going on. You went on an EMS run. We went up to the third floor, apartment 3B, for a guy having difficulty breathing. We bring the oxygen up there, the defibrillator, whatever. I come down. There's a wet spot next to the hydrant, right there, across the street, wherever the rig was. When Willie was driving, the rig always stopped at a hydrant. A fire engine that's not parked at a hydrant is a taxi cab. (laughs) <laughs> it's not a fire engine, you know what I'm saying? He would always park it at a at a, at a hydrant, and he would always test a hydrant. And I swear to God, some days we did twenty runs, some days we did twenty five runs. Willie, on a couple of shifts in one week, could test a hundred hydrants just on runs, never even connect and to one. And be able to tell you, like you said, you're
1: you're not even out of the building yet, you're not in the firehouse yet. He's telling you. There's an out-of-serve hydrant on that box. Oh, if there it was not out of a service
0: or busted. busted, we knew about it. And if it wasn't, he didn't even mention it. Didn't even mention it. I just looked and saw the wet spot and on the rig we got, and off we went. It was just a silent duty that they performed on every run. And, and I'd like to think some of the other chauffeurs did it, too. And they probably did it. Danny Vito probably did some of that, too. We had all great chauffeurs there because they all knew how important and, the water and, was. And talk about, you know, while well, we're still
1: going have some time here. What he did for the probies, I mean, two in the morning, whatever. Another
0: about great story. Knowledge. Another great story. So another thing we had was, you know, we were on uh, one eighty seven and and, and uh, uh, in the Bronx, one eighty seven Street Webster Avenue, Main thoroughfare, Main right? North of us, just north of us, was uh, Fordham Road where Fordham University, it was a big, beautiful uh, Ivy League school in the middle of Schittsville. and north of that was the rest of the sixth, seventh division. And we would go up there routinely for second alarms, to, to, for second alarm fires. And if you went much further than that, you started to hit other cities. You started to hit Yonkers and New Rochelle. We had Yonkers and New Rochelle adapters in our, in our rig. And Willie was the guy that put them on the door. So you'd open a compartment door where the adapters and where, the, where other, other pieces, uh, appliances were for water delivery. And on the door was Yonkers, and it was painted red. And, and New Rochelle, which was painted green. And, and, and there was a couple of others up there as well, because there was two or three other cities up there that we could possibly run into and, and did routinely. I worked at I worked at several fires. I got I have a picture on my wall at home right now. And in that picture, is uh, I was the captain. Shetterfield was in that picture. Willie's in that picture. Andy Fredericks is in that picture. Two guys now from that picture are gone. And it was up in a fire up in, up in Yonkers, a big third alarm that they called us in. They called the deputy and had two engines and two trucks. And Willie was one of the guys. He was one of the <clears throat> architects of that compartment of how everything was laid out. This is New York City fire department. We don't have fancy compartments. We don't have fancy display drawers that you can pull a drawer out and look at look at all the different you know fittings and adapters. It was stuff we had to do ourselves. You take a piece of wood, couple of two by fours, and and make it so you could drop these hard the, the, these adapters onto onto a piece of two by four, and they would they would be visible, and they wouldn't get all mixed up in a bucket somewhere at the bottom of the compartment. So he was. He was missed that 48 engine. He knew where all that stuff was. If he didn't actually design that, he helped do it. So, so back to the probing now is what we started talking about. I come down at midnight or we come back from a run. I put the run in, you know, in the office. Now it's midnight, one o'clock in the morning. I come out of the office to walk to the back of the kitchen, maybe to get a quick bite to eat or a donut or a half a cup of coffee. And there's Willie on the apparatus floor at the rear compartment or the front compartment. The compartments are open and him, and the probie there. And the probie is either standing there or kneeling down with them, looking at something, looking at the multiversal, looking at fittings, looking at one of the rolled up, looking at a nozzle. Of course, nothing I had to, nothing I had to do about it. I would just look, glance over and see it. Sometimes, I, sometimes I'd sometimes i walk over and catch him doing something right, catch him doing something good. And most of the time I didn't. And I'd see him the next morning. We'd be talking. I'd say, I saw you. I saw you with the probie there last night. He said, yeah, you know what, Cap? I was ready to run up. And he asked me a question about something about the nozzle. I guess he must have had a job earlier in the day. I didn't work today. But he asked me about that. So I wanted to show it before I forgot about it. You know, I said, well, listen, that's a home run. Any, any time spent on trophies is, is, is worth its weight in gold. So, so he was an instructor. He was, he was the maintenance man. He was the, he was the driver operator. He was the water resource guy. He he was, he was everything. He, he was, he was a, your GPS. He was everything. He, oh, you never, you, you didn't need a GPS if well he was driving. Sometimes I was pulling out of corners. I'm thinking to myself, we're going to go left or we're going to go right here. You know what I'm saying? Out the door we go. You know what I'm saying? And whether you like speed or no, or this or that, he was always a careful driver, never had any incidents or accidents with him. And and man, oh man, could we could we get the boxes, you know? We used to compete a little bit with 75 engine, <clears throat> getting into boxes. And very rarely did Willie come in second. So how about about two in the morning, you're coming back from a run, and you're like half asleep because you've been running, and Great the rig pulls story. over, you tell this story. Great story. So we're coming back like from a third do box, maybe even fourth do, like the VA hospital, right? A little bit of a ride. So it's three o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning. I got up out of bed. I'm sitting in the rig. We're driving back. You sort of sort of like being on a bus commuting somewhere, you know. All of a sudden I'm I'm out. Not everybody can do it, but I can. I can sleep on the way back from a run, you know? And all of a sudden, I feel the rig pull over. I'm like, holy shit. I wake up, got back fast. We're not back. We're 20 blocks away from the firehouse. We pulled <laughs> over on the side of the road. I'm like, Willie, he's out of the rig already. What the hell is going on here? I look out. He's pulling a probe out of the side of the rig, saying, come here, look at this hydrant. He sees a hydrant with, with a locking device. Over the years, people abused and broke and, and turned hydrants on and waste water and you know hurt pressure. And so New York City, the FDMY, the, the Water Department, they put different types of security devices, locking devices where you need a special wrench that has a magnet in it and all this other nonsense. Anyway, at one point, there was two or three of them out there. So you can look at a hydrant very few hydrants had nothing on top. Most of them had one or two of the, the predominant uh, security devices. So he's pulling a probie off saying, check this hydrant out. All right, look under my seat. If I wasn't here or if I was doing something else and I told you to turn a hydrant on, which hydrant wrench would you grab? And I'm listening. Now I realize what he's doing. He's giving, he's giving the probie a probie little, a little quick test on the on on street, two o'clock in the morning, which hydrant. And it wasn't like, pull this one off, try that one, try that one. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> which wrench is it? Don't touch the wrong one. And, and, and he was on top of these probies to make sure they knew what was going on, that they could re- reach in and grab the right, the one with the magnet, the one with the – I forget the exact names of them. I used to study and remember every, every dimension about them when I was studying for promotion. But the point is there was two or three different ones. Some of the hydro wrenches had three things on them. You, you, if you picked the right one, you could do any hydrant. You had one in the middle, one at one end, one at the other end. And the probies all did well because Willie, you know, like, like I did, like the lieutenants and, and the other firefighters, Proby's got a lot of attention and they got a lot of training. And anybody who's gonna wear the 48 is gonna, gonna know what they're doing. And Willie spent a lot of time and energy doing
1: that. Well, you know, one of the things we've talked about before, we mentioned Andy, our good friend Andy, and that Andy's been gone 20 years now. Ugh. And people people are still learning from Andy Fredericks. Willie Tracy, we did a show on Legacy once, Leaving Your Legacy. There's a guy whose legacy will live on forever because there are people's lives he touched in the FDNY that it's that whole ripple effect that they they've touched so many other lives. He, that guy's going to be around forever. Even though he just passed, he will be
0: around forever. There are officers out there. There are guys who are lieutenants, captains, battalion chiefs today that were fellow firefighters with Willie, you know, and he did study for promotion and he did get promoted. Willie Tracy was a Lieutenant when he retired, he got promoted to a Lieutenant and after nine 11, I forget what he was doing out there covering a different couple of spots. I think for a while he was in. He might have been in the ceremonial unit and helping with all the funerals and stuff that were going on. But Willie was a lieutenant. Matter of fact, when I when I went to his wake, in his casket, along with him laying there, it looked like he was sleeping. In his casket was his World Trade Center medal. I think a couple of his unit citations they had stuck to the back wall of the casket, you know, in the, the the nice white material there, and his white lieutenant's hat uh, was was resting on the pillow, you know, over his over his left cool. shoulder, you know. Uh, and you're right. A lot of guys that worked with him uh, went on to be officers and, and obviously leave 48 and leave the Bronx and go elsewhere. And and hopefully, and I know it's true, hopefully some of them learned some stuff and picked up some great habits that, that he taught them. And they've probably passed on to a generation or two of other people.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: Pretty amazing guy. You know, I, I know we like we said, we start
1: off by saying we've talked about him. I've, I've led you down that path so many times about Willie Tracy, because there's so many great things to learn about. And they're great stories. The oh, great they're, story. They're, what
0: a great example he was for the guys that worked for him. And he stayed there so long, he actually worked through a couple of different generations of guys as well. Yeah. I, I just, I mean, just absolutely wonderful. Like you said, a captain's
1: dream and a company officer's dream on that engine, Mr. Engine for you know 48. Um, yep, yep. So let's finish this off. Um We've done this before. We did it with Timmy Klett, one of our favorite people, and one of your favorite company officers, uh, Lieutenant off of 88 Engine. You know the whole "Be more like Tim." If if we're sitting around, you know, right, right now we're in Newport, Rhode Island, Rhode Island, with some great people, like we said. Let's say you 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 get to sit with the new chauffeur's class, or someone who's aspiring to be a chauffeur, a driver, engineer, and in your head you're thinking, Willie, what would you tell to the new guy or gal that's going? What what can I be? What do I have to do, Chief Saul? Could it be successful at driving
0: my engine, or to be like Willie Tracy? And that's and that's a great that's a great question. And the answer is very simple. The answer is very simple. If if you treat the job, meaning the job of being the chauffeur, being being the engine company chauffeur or the MPO or the motor pump operator, right? A couple of different terms we used over the years. You have to treat that engine and that job that you have as the most important job. On The fire scene. There's a lot of people there, especially in the FDNY. There's a lot of people there. Three engines are rolling up, two trucks, aerial ladders are being shot to the roof, tower ladders are going up, people are supplying water here and there, chiefs are pulling up, additional units. Are, I mean, it, it's it's it sometimes fires look like a zoo, they look very confusing, even though we know what, what's going on there. But you got to remember that one of the most important people at that job is the guy standing at the pump panel of the first engine. He's got to secure a good, solid water supply. He's got to get his crew there safely so they can stretch that line. He's got to charge water, get water into that line as quickly as that officer calls for the water. He's got to be ready to handle any problems, a a, a burst or or, or malfunctioning supply line. He's got to be able to burst line in in a hose line, the attack hose line, and stretch all of a burst blank there. He's got to be able to throttle stuff down. He's got to be able to give you a boost of water and tell you what – what, how much you got left while you're using it, if there's a delay in getting, getting a supply line into it. There's so many things going on. And who really is, who really is more important in the big scheme of things than the guy standing at the pump panel with a baseball hat and a cigar, turning them valves and making sure that there's a good water supply coming out of that first engine, putting that fire out, where there's civilians and firefighters above it, maybe people trapped in a fire apartment, maybe fire spreading to the adjacent buildings. All of the stuff, the, whole, the success of the whole structural fire operation Really does depend greatly on that first hose line, and the first hose line really does depend greatly on that guy or that gal, whoever it is, standing at that pump panel delivering the water and and knowing what to do. And we've said that before, like you just said, the guy or gal at that pump panel
1: can make or break that whole incident. Absolutely. It's not just like you said before about hooking up and looking up and not doing nothing or whatever. We've done a show before, the role of the show, just to say, wait a minute, you know. When people when people would say what would you ask them so what'd you do at that fire would you do that job oh I just drove I just pumped really that's all you do is just pumped yeah. let's and, and then you and I go on for an hour about the impact they had. At
0: oh Italy. and there's so much we didn't talk about oh. Willie was even the greatest second do shopper we'd pull in second do to some other company to another company who's got a line stretch ready with a second do engine that's like work hard and get no credit that's like work hard and nobody even knows you were there and Willie would be the guy watching and listening if they were having trouble. All of a sudden, I'm like, I go over to the first new engine chauffeur. He's at the hydrant. He's having trouble. I said, "What? you you got water 79?" He's like, I don't think so. I don't think so, Cap. Hold on a second. I'm like, a a, a 4.8? The 4.8 chauffeur. I got it, Cap. I got it. I look around. Beep, beep, beep. He's backing down the block with my engine because he already heard that going on. He's going to drop a line and drive out of the block and connect to another hydrant somewhere. And I didn't even tell him to do it. He was paying attention because he knows second new engine. We're sure they get a good water oh. supply in that first two engine. It, it just never ends.
1: Incredible. Incredible guys, you know, folks at that firehouse, but Willie Tracy, what a legacy. What yeah. a what what a great guy. What a great, what a great person. Great and, member and,
0: of the FDNY
1: and uh, 48 you know, incredible. I'm glad we took some time. I'm glad you know when we sat around later, you know, on the day and we talked about Willie, and that picture popped up. We're like, you know, we ought to just talk about him. Let's just you know talk what it's a tribute.
0: Him. It's it's a tribute for a great guy, a great guy that was never into Getting credit or studying for boss to be a big chief or something like that. He always just worked hard doing his job. You know, loved the guys around him and always, always gave a hundred percent on everything. And us talking about him tonight, I think is 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 a tribute that that'll live forever. You know what? Someday, a year from now, maybe they'll replay this or maybe it'll appear in a book someday when we when we outline all these programs or something. But I'm I'm glad we got it down and 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 talked about him now that he's. And you know
1: the impact he's had on you. I could hear it in your voice. Yes, the excitement in your voice tonight. You know, talking about Willie, you know, during this show yep. was kind of cool to sit back
0: and watch you enjoy talking about. I worked with again. a lot of great guys in this job. I was in a lot of great companies in the squad and 11 truck and rescue tree and 48. And let me tell you, Willie's at the top of the pile. Oh, the of the
1: Willie. Pile. Remembering Willie Tracy. Let's call it that. Willie Tracy. Uh, yes. Willie Tracy. Remembered. We'll do that. Yep. Um, all right. So if they
0: want to get a hold of you, best email. Chief John Salka at Gmail. And are you guys
1: still doing the coins for these? Yeah, we report. still are
0: doing coins. You can you can contact me at that email. <clears throat> we'll talk about coins. We're, we're putting up a monument in Washingtonville where I live and where we put a monument up after 9 11 for the five guys that died from my little town on 9 11. And now we're losing a couple of guys to post 9 uh, 11 illnesses, including another great friend of mine, uh, Ray Phillips, whose name is going to be first on that new monument that we're building. Uh, we're selling $20, 20 year. 9-11 commemorative coins, a little pricey, but all the money's going to, Every penny. to, to building that building that monument. Well, and speaking of coins, you know, I'm very proud. My, my volunteer
1: fire department, Wichita West Fire uh, in Texas, uh, we're doing a fundraiser for a new pumper. And we, you know, we're the guys and gals are out doing everything, man. We're from, from pancake breakfasts to fill the boots to everything else. We've got a challenge coin we have made up. So I'll just say this real quick. Uh, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, or on Facebook, Wichita West Fire. All right, Wichita West Fire. Reach out to Chief Ryan Fetzer or Captain Chris Bashford. Uh, they're ten dollars the coin uh, at all is goal. We're doing that as one of the many fundraisers towards our pumper. If you want one, it's a pretty cool coin. Uh, I just a lot of people bought bought from them on this trip. Um, so reach out and, uh, we'll, we'd be happy to take care of you Get at me at chief Lasky at gmail.com. And, uh, that's it, buddy. That's another great, great show.
0: Great. Absolutely. Um, Thanks for listening. Folks.
1: Oh, and we, and we end all of our episodes with a very important statement as please keep the men and women in our armed forces in your thoughts and prayers. And especially today more than ever, and the, the wonderful topic and the great guy we talked about never forgetting means just that never forgetting. See you next time. Be careful and God bless.